Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, Arizona football is one win away from bowl eligibility, and there's still, like, four games left. What a life. What a world. And not only that, Adam, we both predicted the win, and I even nailed the score exactly. 27-24, Arizona beat Oregon State. That was your prediction. It was. I, I don't remember you saying it because I hardly listened to you during the show. And I have not had time to go back and listen to the show because, you know, I did the show, which now that I think about it, if I don't listen to you, I probably should go back and listen to Snowy. What do you say? Uh, whatever. Good job, Brett. I believe you. You wouldn't lie to me. Never. You're so handsome, Adam. I am. It's a shame this is a <laughs> podcast and not a video show. But anyway, <laughs> Arizona beat Oregon State 27-24 in a game that was probably that close, but also Oregon State got that late touchdown, like the one quick touchdown drive of the game. Arizona's second straight win against a ranked team. Hadn't done that in a long time. Um, yeah, got them to five and three. And it was kind of building on what we've seen, right? From the Washington game where Arizona competed but lost. The UCSC game where Arizona probably should have won but lost. And they go to Washington State and kick the crap out of them on the road. It's like, okay, this is a pretty good football team, right? Their defense is playing really well. Their offense is starting to find its groove. Oregon State was different in so much that the offense wasn't great in this one. Oregon State also has a good defense, but it was a slugfest. Thank you to Oregon State for not kicking a field goal at the end of the first half, but for faking that one instead. And the Wildcats made the plays. Michael Wiley with the 40-yard touchdown catch to take the lead. You know, Jacob Cowling, the punt returns. Tyler Boop had, what, a 51-yard field goal in the first quarter. A very much of a team win. All three phases, Arizona played well and got the job done against a good football team. And, I mean, it's a season of statement wins so far, and this is just another one. Yeah, and if you look at the overall stats, you know it's hard to get more evenly matched in terms of what the stats tell at a team level. But it just goes to show that Arizona put together a, another just complete game. Tyler Loop hitting that field goal, uh, the long, the career long, and 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 another one, right? The, you know, two yeah. goals. That's the difference in the game. Um, and Oregon State's baffling decision to try to have the kicker run. 30. Like sixteen yards or whatever it was, and when he was when the fake, I'm watching on TV, going like, "Oh wow, he like he got through the first like wave." I'm like, "Oh, oh, they got tackled at the ten. He had a long way to go." <laughs> I didn't realize they were so far away when they turned the camera the other way. Well, they tipped it the first time they were going to attempt a field goal earlier when they called timeout and they did the little flip thing, which kind of teed it up to. And the Arizona coaching staff, I think, suggested they knew it was coming. And I, I rewatched the game, 
And uh, Gunnar Maldonado is the guy that got off the block and made that. And you could actually see during that play, he was lined up like he was going for the block. And then when the snap happened, he actually dropped back as like, it seemed like he knew what was coming. And then uh, the this is now a Gunnar Maldonado appreciation podcast, apparently. Hey, give the man his flowers when he deserves them. He is absolutely had, deserves he's, them. He's, he's he's played really well the last couple of games, uh, and if the better he plays, the better Arizona's defense plays. Absolutely. So, go. And this was a this was a game that, I mean, it really was defense that won it for Arizona. That kept Oregon State in check, and it, it's not a great Beavers offense. And maybe I, I was pronouncing DJ Ugalele. Apparently, it's like Ugalele. I don't know. Sure. I. You know, Wendell Moy did a great job for Arizona on the line. Like the broadcast, I couldn't tell. Like when they're getting some names right, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then I'm like, it's not Wendell Moy. Why, why would you say that? And just, yeah. But anyway. Remember getting called out when he didn't play in the game? I mean, he still performed admirably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a really good defensive effort. And this is kind of like the defense where they kept Arizona in the game, didn't let Oregon State pull away when Arizona's offense was struggling a little bit, kept it close, and the offense made the plays in the fourth quarter, right? They got held to short fields from Jacob Cowing punt returns. Super helpful. But, yeah, like I would not say Arizona's offense won in this game. Arizona's offense did just enough with a very good defensive effort. And that's fine. There's It's going to be able to win multiple ways. Like last year, if Arizona was going to win, they had to score 40 points. Like that was basically it. They weren't going to stop you. They had to outscore you. It's nice to have a situation where yeah, they I mean, yes, literally, you have to outscore your opponent. But this was not a game that was Arizona's offense leading the way. It was the defense leading the way and the offense making it count. Yeah, I think some of that, though, was Arizona, in the, especially in the last scoring drive, Oregon stated Oregon State by just oh, yeah. power, power running the ball with Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams. I think they ran it, what, eight straight times in that drive? Or it was beautiful. Like um, and that that's, you know, in that kind of game, it, you know, they weren't going for the big home run passes as much. They wanted to run the clock, drive down, and score the, and score a touchdown. Put oh, and they the did it. And they did it. Um, and so, you know, it's this is just an all around quality win, mm-hmm. even with the the world's most bizarre and almost perfectly well executed onside kick. That oh gave, god, th- that was such anxiety <laughs> inducement. Um, <laughs> you don't see what like you just see that no one was picking it up on the TV. Like wait. Why is the ball still bouncing? But no, someone someone jump on it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, the the Oregon State guys couldn't do it until it went ten yards, and I don't think and that thing was spinning so fast. I think the Arizona guys were afraid to try to touch it because once they do, the ball it's is a live ball, yeah, right. Yeah. And so if you it was, fall on it. Oh man, it was uh. So that was that was. But it went out, got knocked out of bounds, and everything was fine. Yeah, it was it was a bit anxiety inducing, um, but yeah, it, 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 a complete team game. You know, I don't even know if. No, Fafita, I don't think killed it that well in that game. And then you look back and he was 25 of 30. I think it was his worst game as a starter, or at least it reminded me of kind of the Washington game, the early start, early part of that. He wasn't bad. And this is the standard that Fafita's kind of set for himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like you expect him to be good, to be sharp. He missed some throws. He missed the one to Tanner McLaughlin early in the first quarter on the wheel route that was wide open, overthrew him, like just missed him. The bomb to Malachi Riley was underthrown. If he hits him in stride, Riley's probably gone for a 95-yard touchdown. And the interception wasn't good, right? Didn't see right. the, the linebacker, didn't, whatever. He wasn't bad at all. And when I say he wasn't like he wasn't sharp, Fafita was good, 25-32, 275, and the three touchdowns. The three touchdowns, I mean, one of them was the 40-yard dump off to Wiley. That was mostly Michael Wiley. The rest were short ones. But 
he managed the game well enough. Now, is my question for, I guess it's him for this offense, is that you look at Arizona, they had 13 points going into the fourth quarter, right? That's that's not great. They had one touchdown drive over 55 yards. Like their last two touchdown drives were really short fields, 55 yards and 40 yards. It wasn't like they lit it up. Now, Grand Oregon State's got a good defense, and that was probably part of the game plan. Mm-hmm. But is there any reason, like t- talk me off any kind of ledge that I might be approaching in terms of Arizona's offense was just kind of eh. That when they play a defense like they're going to face this coming week against UCLA, that's probably better than Oregon State. That an offense like they played last weekend is not going to be nearly good enough. So I think you've already kind of given the half of the answer to that, where I think part of it was a bit of the game plan by design to not be as aggressive. Now, the challenge was, and you've, you already named a couple of those plays, that when they did take a shot, Noah Fafita was, you know, even the completion to Riley, it wasn't, that should have been a potential touchdown. And it yeah, he underthrew it. The the Tanner McLaughlin play call was incredibly Beautiful. well, incredibly well schemed, well executed, and it was there with a good throw. And he was, he was going to go score a touchdown as well. Right. I think and so, it, yeah. And, and that it, turned into a field goal, if I remember right. Yeah. And, and it, it, there's a there's a world in which missing on that is the difference between winning and losing. Uh, luckily, Arizona still won. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this was the this was the Noah Fafita as game manager game uh, against a good defense, which against a really good defense, maybe that's the right answer in yeah. terms of your game plan to to mitigate the downside and take an occasional shot to keep them honest and try to, you know, try to score seven on a few plays, but it's more about protection. Um, you know, I'm looking ahead at next week for a similar potential game plan. <laughs> uh, but then also, you know, though, like those plays, they were, they were drawn up and schemed in a way that were very effective. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Michael Wiley touchdowns. I didn't even realize this until I rewatched the game. The second one, he was lined up as a fullback. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, one of those things that, you know, I think when you have a plethora of running backs, a lot of fans like me are like, oh, I'm smarter than the coach. Why don't you put both of those guys out there and confuse the defense? And then they did it and it worked. That's right? me and Madden being like, I got too many running backs. I'm just going to make one of the fullback because they're not blocking anyway. <laughs> I mean, in Madden, just get a mobile quarterback with 99 throw power and receivers with 99 speed at him. It's very easy. Sure. Um, but so I, all of that to say, I think the low scoring output was semi by game plan. Um, but granted, those missed att- it, it. It's more noticeable when you miss on the big the big shots that were well executed uh, up until like the thing that makes it the touchdown score. Right. OK. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, would you like to see. You know, I think there's a, a bit of a theme with Noah Fafita's not having as much success on the deep throws and and not throwing it as often, it seems. Um, but boy, uh, Tedro McMillan keeps is blossoming before our eyes. Oh, like what when, he, the, when he fought through to get the first down on that on, fourth down on that fourth down play, that was, you know, that was a low key huge now, moment of the game. The one other thing too, when you look back, like Arizona had eight full possessions, right? Their ninth one was the one where running the clock out at the end of the game. They scored points on half of them. Two field goals, two touchdowns. Right? Did I mean no three touchdowns and two field goals? I can't add. Five out of eight, Adam. Five out of eight. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I missed the touchdown earlier. Five out of eight. <sighs> but anyway, there's not a lot of possessions in the game. But what worries me where I kind of get to is those field goals, right? Especially the second one. The first one was the fifty one yarder. The second one, 
they got down into the red zone. And those are certain areas, especially when it gets condensed, where I want to see Fafita be more of a runner. Now, he did get a first down later in the game, I think, on one of the big drives. Like, I don't know if it was the, I think it was the last drive, last touchdown drive. Yeah. Was like a third and one, and he held the ball on the option and got like the one or two yards. But that's something where James Delora was advantageous. His ability to, one, his just rocket arm wing to try to fit into tight windows, which obviously can be scary at times. But his running ability, his mo- like his mobility, his desire to run the football helps in those scenarios. And I couldn't help but think that the second field goal, when they got done, I'm like, oh, wow, they got to the, I think the Oregon State, like, eight-yard line. I'm like, ooh, this would be a great place to have a quarterback who you could, you know, trust to run with it every now and then. Not saying they should have put Delora in. That, don't get me wrong. Yeah. That's an element of the offense that I could have used in those situations against a better defense. Um, no, I, I know Jed Fish this week when he was asked about the quarterback, he gave a really kind of dodgy quote that he like, he hasn't made a decision that's not Fafita's job that both quarterbacks, yada, yada. And who knows, maybe they'll both play a little bit. It wouldn't shock me. I do think Fafita's the guy and I'm fine with that. I think he probably should be the guy. The question is, was what had his off game against Oregon state? Is that just a one-off of a red shirt freshman? You know, who's you're going to have games that aren't your best, obviously. And is it an opportunity for growth or is there something maybe more to it where teams are starting to get more film on him and understanding maybe what can fluster him, what to hold him to and where he's not at his best. We don't remember he's been picked off in all but one of his starts. And that was the Washington state state game. He's thrown an interception. So it's like he's played clean football. So if you're not playing clean football, you got to play dynamic football oftentimes. And he hasn't actually played that either. So I, I don't know. Like they did enough to beat Oregon state. And I'm not mad about that. If that was the game plan, ball control, dink and dunk, get a few touchdowns by all means it worked if it works again please i don't need you to score 45 points to feel good about a win i just wonder if this offense's renaissance is quite as you know quite as real as some have made it out to be given that they haven't faced really good defense for the most part during it and then last week they played a pretty good defense and had 13 points going to the fourth quarter so i think the way to frame this is we, you know, at least in this game and in recent weeks, Arizona's offense isn't last year's offense. They have become yeah. a power. They've become a power running team. Yeah, with Coleman and Williams, and like you know, I hear your point of no Fafita being a threat to run, but if if you're at the eight yard line, I don't want you know, generously listed at five eleven, Noah Fafita trying to scramble to get in. I want to hand the ball to Jonah Coleman and DJ Williams and get behind that big O line and then keep them honest with. But when the defense knows that. Well, you but can that's pull that ball and you know well, bootleg it or something. But that's why you also have tight ends and T Mac that are end zone targets sure. uh, to execute on that. Um, you know, and and No Fafita's off game was still twenty five of thirty two for almost three hundred yards. Oh, I'm saying it, he, it's some of the standard he's kind of set. Like the expectation yeah. for him is like he hasn't not looked like a redshirt freshman. And otherwise, you'd look at a redshirt freshman that stat line, and be like, wow, that was amazing. And well, I know he's Pac twelve freshman of the week again, offensive freshman of the week. I'm getting the impression there aren't that many great Pac twelve offensive freshmen this year, but still, he had a good game. Well, and the the other thing that I think is taken me a bit by surprise this season is with the the clock changes where it's not a stop on first down is shortening the games in terms of possessions yeah when arizona is so effective at long and i'm shorting them too by looking at the box score like i shorted them two possessions so you know (laughs) well you know show prep (laughs) um but you know if you're effective at running the ball as a lot of good college football teams are it's going to shorten the number of possessions for your offense right and arizona's defense has been pretty effective too so you know you get fewer possessions when you're not giving up 90 yard runs to jade not in in cal right um 
so it's i i don't i think it's a reasonable thing to be mildly concerned i don't know if there's reason to worry at this point yet okay and maybe it is just getting used to a different style of offense a different style of game and a different way of winning because you know arizona when was the last time we had a team that you know in tucson that was defense first that could win by holding teams to 24 points you know that didn't have to score 35 40 points to win so maybe that's part of it it's like i'm so used to that where it's like oh 27 isn't good enough well clearly it was <laughs> it was good enough to beat or not ranked Oregon State teams. So, you know, they don't have to score 40 to win. So it's just getting used to that. And it's good to be able to win different ways. The question is if they have to score. And it probably won't be this week against UCLA because their offense isn't very good. But if Arizona ends up in a game where they have to score, I guess it was like USC. And they kept up, but they also got off to that 17 nothing lead and then kind of fell apart offensively after that until the overtimes. But that's my question. And I guess you look at the schedule. UCLA, Colorado, Utah, ASU. It's not exactly a lineup of great offenses that they're going to be facing. Colorado's got a good offense. But otherwise, maybe it can be a defense first, just score 30 points, 27 points, and win two of those four, three of those four. Yeah, those those are some, other than Colorado, those are maybe three of the most atrocious offenses for teams that are otherwise, you know, overall decent and not complete. Well, ASU's kind of a, a dumpster fire. They're not all good, around. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I, I think it's just an adjustment to the, you know, we've talked in the last couple of episodes about the identity. I think Arizona's a, a running team right now, and they're a good one. And that means with the running clock, you're getting fewer possessions, but it also means you got to convert those, those, you know, those drives in the red zone, not just to three. You need to get them to seven, especially against teams with a good offense. Yeah. Um, and also with the shortened possession, I would argue that that means the the ball security matters even more, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and like to your point though, if if there was a world in which uh, Noah Fafita threw four touchdowns in the first quarter, he would not have. I don't think he has the ability to, you know, with his guile and firepower and gunslinging nature, would be able to get Arizona back in that game. Oh, you mean four interceptions in the first quarter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said four touchdowns. Like that'd be great. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant interceptions because like, yeah, okay. like Jaden Delora was able to. You know, help. You know, he Jaden Delora gave it away, and then he took it on the on, on the the latter half of that game, right? Yeah. I'm not sure that uh, Noah Fafita can play. You know, in a we're going to go throw the ball 80 percent of the time game and 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 keep up. Uh, and hopefully you don't have to because you don't right. fall behind that much. So it's it's kind of it's 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 not necessarily better or worse. It's just different in my mind. And that's fair. That's fair. Like, I'm probably like talking through it. I'm probably a little bit overreacting in terms of Arizona's offense because it's not about scoring a certain number of points. It's about scoring enough points. And when your defense is playing as well as it is, all you have to do is score enough points, which they've done two of them. I mean, obviously, the Washington State game, they kind of unloaded offensively with the running game especially. But, yeah, they're not exactly facing the rest of the season teams that are going to probably score 40 points against Arizona's defense as long as it keeps playing the way it has been. Which obviously is the big story of the season is this defense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I remember when the season started, like, oh, yeah, they held NAU to three. Uh, Mississippi State had 24 in regulation, 31. UTEP's not good, 10. It's like, no, they're actually, like, I don't know where to rank them in terms of, like, do I think they're really, really good, just solid good? Because we thought, hey, if they're just average, what this team can be, they're proven to be better than average. They're proven to be a good defense. And that changes the entire dynamic for this team this season. Well, and they're about to, face a bunch of mediocre at best offenses aside from Colorado, which, you know, f- fair or not, that's going to, if they play the way they have, they're 
stats and the rankings are going to improve, right? Just because of the, the strength of the opponent. But if you if you think about it, back to the offseason, we were saying if this defense makes a leap the way the offense does, or even anything close to it, this team's going to a bowl game, maybe winning seven or eight. And we were here we are. We were, we yeah. were right. Here <laughs> so we it's, are. You know, it's it is it's it's playing out kind of as we predicted, but we're also Arizona fans and we're not used to having nice things. No, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So so we will see. But the next game, of course, it's like at this point in the season, you're not playing for championships, but you are playing for bowl games and some prestige and all that. The next game is your biggest game, always. And the next game is against number 19 UCLA in Tucson, a team that Arizona beat last season. We're going to talk to Ryan Kay, who's a site editor for GojoBruin.com, one of the UCLA sites, to get his insight into what UCLA fans are thinking, what the program's at, because, again, it's a big game between two very solid teams. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And to help preview the Arizona-UCLA game, which is Saturday at 7.30, is Ryan Kay, who's the site editor of GoJoBruin.com. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so it feels like Arizona and UCLA, they always have good games, right? Like, they're usually more competitive than they should be. Arizona's definitely won some games they probably shouldn't have won historically. This game in particular, though, Arizona's looking very good. UCLA is looking pretty dang good themselves. Like this is a big game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Arizona has really impressed UCLA fans um, with their very impressive win over Washington State. Um, a game before that that they probably should have beat Washington, and then taking care of business against Oregon State has really got the attention of Bruin fans and. To be honest, UCLA fans are a little nervous going into this game, as they should, going on the road to play a vastly improved Arizona team from, what, three years ago? Um, You know, making strides last year and this year playing very well. Well, you say that, you know, caught the attention of UCLA fans going in, you know, because what beating Oregon State last week, beating Washington State, USC, Washington, they competed with. But Arizona beat UCLA last year in the Rose Bowl, too. I feel like, you know, you got Jed Fish, who was a former assistant at UCLA. Arizona, two years ago in Tucson, I think was going to beat UCLA until their quarterback got hurt, Jordan McLeod, in that game. So it seems like if UCLA fans weren't, I don't I don't want to say concerned about Arizona because that's, you know, a matter of perspective. But I would imagine they've been pretty aware of what Arizona is capable of just by the way the fact that, you know, the last couple of years have been close games and last year Arizona went into L.A. and beat them. No, you're absolutely right about that. Um, last year was a big surprise. Um, not that UCLA fans don't respect Arizona. It was just, you know, UCLA started off 6-0 and last year. They are rolling. Um, and at home to lose the way they did, it, it just shocked fans. But you are absolutely right that – if you look at the history between these two football programs and how competitive they've been with one another in recent years, it shouldn't have been a surprise. 
Um, and that's why this year, because of what happened last year, and based on what Arizona has done these past couple of games, UCLA fans are nervous and rightfully so. You know, heading into this game, it's it's kind of it's it's a fascinating thing because UCLA hasn't necessarily faced the, the strongest schedule, but their defense has performed incredibly well, and their offense has done uh, less incredibly well, uh, especially at the quarterback position. And there's been a change. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk about the defense in a minute, but I'd really love to get your kind of you know more insider perspective of what's gone on with the quarterback change. What does that mean for UCLA's offense, and and how do you expect Arizona to try to counter that? The one thing that UCLA fans have definitely been very, I'm not saying argumentative, but they've there's been a lot of debate of who should start. Um, Garbers has, Ethan Garbers has done a great job of running Chip Kelly's offense because he's been in the system the longest. Um, he played well against Arizona, um, against Stanford, excuse me. And then even last week against Colorado, he played well. But if you look at Dante Moore, who's a true freshman for the Bruins, he is by far has the best arm, but he's inconsistent. Um, he had a bad game against Utah. He had a bad game against Oregon State. And Garbers, who's come in these last two games, has been able to move the UCLA offense. Um, there's also another quarterback, Colin Shield, who's an athletic quarterback who could run the ball, who had a running touchdown last week against Colorado. Um, but it's fascinating, this quarterback room that UCLA has. And if I'm an Arizona fan, I don't know if you'd you might be shocked at who actually plays the majority of the game because going back to the opening game against Coastal Carolina um, and from Oregon State on um, Chip Kelly, I would not be shocked if he played all three quarterbacks. And you know the fans, I think the majority of them, from what I understand, would want more to start and play because he has a more upside. But the fans who really follow UCLA, I would say the true diehard fans, they like Ethan Garbers just because of the fact that he's able to run Chip Kelly's offense, and he's been doing pretty well these last couple games. Speaking of having a quarterback room with multiple options, one that's known for throwing a lot of interceptions, uh, Arizona's obviously had a you know a potential Wally Pip situation with uh, Jaden Delora and Noah Fafita. Um, I know uh, Adam and I are pretty plugged in with the Arizona fan base, but I'm really curious to hear from the opponent's perspective. Uh, what you know? What what is your perspective of the UCLA program and, and fan base? Who are who are they more afraid of uh, coming out on the field for Arizona at quarterback? It's not so much of who they're necessarily afraid of Arizona at quarterback. Um, from what I've been hearing, they're more afraid of your defense. <laughs> if well, that that's new. <laughs> if that's, I, I mean, they're just, I mean, to be, to say this nicely without trying to offend any Arizona fan, um, they're really, really, really impressed at how well the Arizona defense did against Washington State. 
They were also impressed at how well they shut down Washington's offense. And then against Oregon State, a team which UCLA's defense is probably the best they've had in years, um, seeing what Arizona did to Oregon State's offense was very impressive. So no disrespect to the Arizona quarterbacks. It's just that the fans, the UCLA fans, are really concerned about how UCLA's offense is going to move the ball and primarily score in the red zone against Arizona. So credit to Arizona's defense. They've really put the fear into UCLA fans. Now, Ryan Kay here of uh, Gojo Bruin. Like, um, I'm kind of curious. Is that because you say it's confidence in their defense? You know, it's like, okay, Arizona's offense, we're not worried about them because of the fact that our defense is so good. And granted, it is a really good defense, right? Is that, mm-hmm. is that kind of maybe where that comes from? Like, you got to be worried about something. It's not going to be the offense because we got the defense. Is that is that maybe the perspective? Yes, I, I think it's because um, the fan base, the Bruin fan base, is kind of – they don't necessarily trust UCLA's offense as much as they trust the defense this year, which is – very odd because usually UCLA is known for their offense. Um, it's like talking and, to a mirror right now too. Yes. Like that's like, <laughs> and, not, and, and not their defense. So like Spider-Man meme, just same, same. So it was kind of like that shell shock feeling of, wow, our defense is really good, but what about our offense? And then this is a game that UCLA needs to win. They're going on the road. And all Bruin fans saw these last couple weeks – is how efficient and how well the red zone defense of the Wildcats has been. So with our quarterback situation not being 100% certain of who's going to be the guy, who's going to play the whole game, who's not going to turn the ball over, who's not going to throw a costly interception or a pick six, they're worried about how is UCLA offense, which has struggled from Utah to Oregon State, how are they going to score on the road against a vastly improved, solid, top three Pac-12 defense in Arizona? God, I've never thought I'd hear those words put together in a sentence. Like, seriously, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, UCLA's fans are just shocked at how well our defense has performed this year. So I think the sentiment goes both ways, where both fan bases – are pleasantly surprised at how well the defenses have performed this season. And with with regard to that UCLA defense, you know, I I, I think everybody kind of knows that they're they're a good defense and they they get to the quarterback pretty effectively. But can you speak to a little bit uh, how does the UCLA defense attack uh, and how are they finding such success? Are there a few players to focus on? And is there any you know if there is one, is there a, is a weak position group or something that Arizona might try to attack to exploit? Well, um, among the diehard fan base, they call them the significant seven. You're talking about your D-line and your linebackers. And statistically speaking, if you were just to look on the stat sheets, the linebackers of UCLA would, you know, jump out. And obviously, um, UCLA defensive line is solid. But I think, I guess, something that, many fans may not realize is UCLA has um, two guys, the Murphy brothers um, on the D line. And 
if you don't follow UCLA football, you don't really understand the impact that those two have that don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, so the front seven being able to stop many opponents running game this season um, is something that maybe Arizona fans could look at. Um, the weakness, if there was a weakness to the defense, is the secondary. The secondary, they give up, you know, a decent amount of yards, but they also are able to create turnovers more frequently than they have before in past seasons. Um, but if there is one thing, and I know your quarterback situation is kind of similar to ours, um, but if you're if Arizona's offense could get going, um, from what you know, especially Oregon State did to the Bruin defense, it would be through the passing game because the UCLA running game, running game is pretty solid, or the defense stopping the opposing running game is pretty solid. Now, and I don't mean this. I'm not saying this to demean you. So it's a good defense, obviously, like the yes. front seven, especially the significant seven. Like it's worrisome. If you see my prediction, azdesertswarm.com, I have Arizona losing this game. Actually, I think just the defense is going to cause problems for Arizona, no matter who the quarterback is. But is there any possibility that some of UCLA's defensive success is maybe, I don't want to say inflated, that's not the right word, but helped out by the teams that they've played up to this point, right? Like Colorado has a pretty good offense, but we know their offensive line is a mess. Stanford, nobody should be giving up points to Stanford. Oregon State scored 36 against UCLA, right? Washington State scored 17. These aren't exactly great offenses. So is that part of the, you know, is there any reason to believe that maybe when they face a pretty good offense in Arizona that that defense won't look as good as it has? Or is it a defense that's going to be good against no matter, you know, no matter who they play, no matter the quality of the opponent? I think, and this is no disrespect to Arizona's offense, if UCLA's defense were to go up against Oregon and Washington, the two teams that they don't play in conference play, um, they would definitely they would definitely be tested. But I think kind of answering your question, um, this is a test. This is a big test for the UCLA defense. Um, going on the road, and like you made reference to with Oregon State, um, they will definitely be tested. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that Arizona. Well, I'm not saying I'm right. So don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> can't can't. But I'm. I I would say I'm with the majority. Um, you you the vast majority of UCLA fans are more worried about is the offense going to be able to score in the red zone? Are they able? to not turn the ball over, which they did four times against Colorado, which Colorado's not a great defense. No. Which was kind of alarming. And a thing that's really not talked about as much is the UCLA special teams is average at best, and that's more of a concern. Um, so, once again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that the Arizona offense won't be able to score, but – the one thing that the majority of UCLA fans are very confident about is the defense. It's more so about the offense turning the ball over, who, what quarterback, not necessarily who will start, but who will play in the majority of the game. And going back to our field goal kicker, will he be able to make a 40-plus yarder with three seconds left in the game to possibly win the game? Those are more concerns that 
majority of UCLA fans have. Well, and in terms of UCLA on offense, this isn't just a road game against a, an upstart Arizona defense. It's a road game that's also homecoming. So it's going to be a, you know, a, a more challenging, I think, environment uh, for the things that you just said are potentially the, you know, the, the things that will be challenged. Defense tends to travel well, but can, do, you, do you see this, you know, UCLA offense or, or even the kicker getting rattled on the road in a more hostile environment, given it's a homecoming? Yeah, I mean, especially the quarterbacks, especially with the true freshman and Dante Moore, who did not have a good game against Utah, who didn't play well against Oregon State. Um, Ethan Garbers, who, you know, I mean, like you kind of alluded to earlier, you know, a lot of quarterbacks have played well at Stanford. So I wouldn't say that was a hostile road environment. Um I guess an interesting thing I would put up is, and maybe I could get some feedback from both of you is, UCLA's running game has been not great, but very consistent. Um, I am kind of curious to see how UCLA's running game will be able to produce against the Wildcat defense because UCLA, for whatever faults the quarterbacks may have, Garbers and Shield, who's now healthy again, they both can run the ball. Um, they're very mobile quarterbacks. Um, Steele, a transfer from Ball State, um, is the main running back for UCLA. He is not going to rally off a 70-yarder, but he's very consistent. And even um, Harden, who's kind of like the backup and you know gets, gets a lot of carries while well, is pretty productive. How do you see Arizona's defense – kind of basically stopping the UCLA run game. Do you guys have opinions on that? So I'll, I'll take a first crack at them. Um, I think this is, uh, you know, novel territory for Arizona fans in recent years. Uh, is, their defense wasn't good in, in the recent past. And in fact, wasn't good as a uh, overstating how good they were <laughs> because they were atrocious, especially against the run. Uh, they rotate. They're, they've upgraded the front seven. They have depth along the D line. They rotate. They have size. They have strength. That's been probably the biggest key uh, from a personnel perspective. And they're fresh in the fourth quarter when some of those runs might get burst off because most of the D linemen, I think, are not getting more than thirty-ish snaps per game. Um, and the other, the other kind of wild card here that's been very impressive: uh, the game plan that. Arizona's defense has done matching it to the opponent effectively, starting with Washington to USC to Washington State. Uh, you know they surprised with a backup defensive end doing a the the older uh, Desert Swarm uh, with a spy that was not expected, and it was you know Washington State didn't have an answer for that. Um, if that if that trend continues. I'm moderately confident Arizona's ability to stop the run will will be there, but that's why you play the game. I don't. Do you yeah. agree with that, Adam? Kind of. I mean, I think like obviously Arizona doesn't have other than the Washington State game. They're not a defense that's holding you to a yard and a half per carry. You know, dumping you in the backfield for tackles for loss all the time. But they also haven't been burned through the ground like on the ground like they have in recent years, where they're giving up 200 yards. You know, so they do make teams earn. I think Mike Martinez for Oregon State last week had a good game. He had 87 yards on 14 carries, but his long was 17. So it's like it wasn't a low yards per carry, but it wasn't like he was getting six or seven yards a carry like we used to seeing against Arizona. So I don't see Arizona shutting down the running game. But the question is, will the running game be a plus for UCLA? And depending, it might just have to do with the passing game, right? Like if Arizona can just stuff the box and focus on that, then they'll find better success. But 
Like, I don't know if teams can beat Arizona on the ground this year. Like, they haven't done it yet. But obviously, Arizona's lost three games, so they can be beat. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. And um, I would say um, probably the biggest weakness besides, you know, special teams would probably be the Bruins offensive line, especially with pass protection. For whatever reason, the Bruin offensive line is able to do a decent job being able, you know, to run block. But the pass blocking is kind of frustrated a lot of UCLA fans because, you know, if you have a front seven and you blitz and you have some active defense alignment, and as you guys are alluding to, you know, rotating fresh guys in um, pretty quickly, um, you would be able to stop UCLA's passing game and be able to put pressure on the quarterbacks. Um, so I am curious Saturday how that's going to play out because, you know, with UCLA, it's – I don't know if you guys, you know, watch the Colorado game, um, but it was just like – it's like you're kind of holding your breath to make sure there's not a turnover. Um, but, you know, as much as I may seem like to be talking negative – I think UCLA fans overall are pretty um, happy with how things have gone this season, especially the last two games. But um, as you kind of alluded to, um, especially going back to last season, um, Arizona has put some good game plans against Chip Kelly. Um, And UCLA fans are hoping that Chip Kelly goes into this game with a good game plan, anticipating that Arizona will be ready, as you both alluded to, to make adjustments, especially at halftime, depending on what the Wildcats are showing, especially on defense. What a what a fun matchup this is, and it's because these are two good football teams, but they're good in ways that they usually aren't, right? Like, UCLA's defense is their strength. Their offense is a question. This is a Chip Kelly team. When do you say that about them? Whereas Arizona's more consistent strength has been their defense with a possibly explosive offense, but that can be said for UCLA as well. As we look at this, it's a 7.30 kick. It's a late kickoff in the desert between two good football teams. Obviously, if Arizona wins the game, they become bowl eligible for the first time since 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say already is there, but you say ranked number 19. They have bigger goals still. Uh, Ryan, how do you see this plan out? I I predicted in my prediction column that um, UCLA would win by a point. But myself and others would not be shocked one bit if Arizona wins. Um, because this is the UCLA fan base giving respect to Arizona and their football program. And kind of how you were kind of talking, it is great that we're in the month of November and the three of us are talking about football instead of basketball because both schools nationally are known for We'll have time for basketball later, don't you worry. (laughs) In another podcast, we're excited to talk basketball. But but my, my point is I'm glad that, you know, going back the past 10 years, and I know UCLA has been having better success the last couple of years, but if you look over a 10-month period, um, it is nice to see the trajectory of both Arizona and UCLA's football programs are going up. 
and we're in November and both teams are playing for something significant. Um, so, you know, my prediction is that UCLA wins based on how they play lately. But once again, um, I feel like the defense is just so, so good that it gives UCLA a chance to win, but not by any stretch of the imagination would myself or the majority of UCLA fans be shocked if Arizona wins, especially seeing what Arizona has done the past, you know, I know you had a bye the week before, you know, Oregon State, but the past three games definitely would shock no one if Arizona wins this game. I mean, you're going to give everyone hope, which is cool. It's not like Arizona's a bad team either. They are five and three for a reason. Obviously, it is a home game, and I think it's the smallest spread Arizona's faced against a like a Pac-12 opponent that was you know that they're underdogs in, in a long time. I think it was like a point and a half last I saw or something. So basically, a pick them. Yeah, know. and Arizona's losses have been all close. Yeah, <laughs> overtime, painfully close. About, you know, losing at Mississippi State. Like it's not like Arizona lost by fourteen to Stanford. You know, and you know. I mean, I know we haven't really talked a lot about it, but that game, I watched some highlights of the – I didn't watch it, the full game, but the highlights that I've seen from the game from Washington State, Arizona dominated, dominated oh. that game. And that was really impressive to see. It's fun to watch. <laughs> I, it was fun to be there. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the games where – fans alike it's to see your team just dominate a team like that um is is good to see especially on their road which we're hoping does not happen this weekend in tucson but <laughs> ryan k you can find him on uh, x twitter at k sports writer cider for gojobruin.com thank you for joining us on wildcat radio 2.1 sharing your thoughts on UCLA football and since you, you teased it we'll probably have to bring you on for basketball talk too later in that season because you know we're always about that as well on wildcat radio 2.0 when we come back after this break we'll give you our final thoughts on arizona ucla we're back it's wildcat radio 2.0 and brett you know i did tease it i mentioned i have arizona losing this game um, you talk to Ryan though, and I get it why one would think that Arizona is going to win this game, right? Because it's, there's a, I think I said one and a half points was a spread. I think the most reason I saw it was like two and a half. It's basically a toss up game for an Arizona team that beat UCLA last year on the road, probably should have beat them two years ago, beat them under Kevin Sumlin at home, right? With Grant Cannell at quarterback, if I remember right, <laughs> like a Pac-12 opener. <laughs> so it's not like UCLA, especially with Chip Kelly as the head coach, has had Arizona's number. In fact, you could argue the opposite. So there's every reason to think that Arizona and homecoming will come out on top. Yeah, I've been going back and forth and all, all week and what my pick would be. Because uh, it's, it's really fascinating because UCLA's biggest strength is their pass rush, right? One of Arizona's biggest strengths is their offensive line, right? It has been, right? <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, Jordan Morgan is grading out, uh, and the the line is a unit. I think I saw PFF was grading Arizona's offensive line out as the best uh, pass defense, uh, pass blocking unit in the Pac-12, which is a bizarre. Big Jonah had a rough week last week against Oregon State, but yeah, sure, sure. But I believe those were the only two sacks he's given up all year, also. <laughs> um, so it's it's really fascinating. It's really it's really fascinating to know we're this far into the season and, you know, to the commentary we had where UCLA hasn't played that many big, big programs, uh, good programs. Uh, Arizona has been through the ringer a little bit, but also 
we're Arizona fans, and so we're <laughs> hope hope is a dangerous thing. Um, it's I think that I think the thing that jumps out for me is Arizona's shown had has played really complete games in all three phases, including special teams. Yeah. I think UCLA has one phase that they're doing well, and you know Ryan was talking about special teams is average at best. The offense I think can get rattled, especially in a hostile environment. And Arizona's good defense. I think it's basically a pick em, but I also think that, you know, it's the inverse of what I thought about Oregon State, where I thought Arizona might win, but the chance of a blowout was on Oregon State's side. Mm-hmm. I think it's the inverse this time, where I think if it's a blowout, it's an Arizona blowout that's maybe not that expected rather than a UCLA blowout, but it's it's hard to say. It's going to be a fun it's, matchup, though. It's hard to see this game being a blowout unless either team just turns the ball over like crazy. Right, like if Takario Davis actually catches the interceptions this week, then maybe Arizona has a chance to blow UCLA out. You know, we talked about it earlier. Like, poor guy, like just that close to being, you know. But yeah, no, um, more, no more targets without the receptions, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I look at this and just I worry that you know this is like at, just as it is that UCLA has not really beaten anyone particularly good, right? Like they beat Colorado, they beat Stanford, they lost to Oregon State, they beat Washington State, they lost to Utah. I'm not so sure we can make the case that Arizona has beaten good defenses. Like last week was the closest. I mean, Oregon State's a solid defense, right? Washington State, clearly not. USC, no. Washington, not really. You know? So I'm curious as how Arizona's offense, will it be good enough to beat a good defense? Or is Arizona's offense maybe not as good as we think and UCLA's defense not as good as we think? It could be both, right? Both of those things could be true. And it makes it still a perfectly fun and even matchup. I just... There's always that touch for a letdown game for Arizona. It is homecoming. It is bowl eligibility on the line. The question is, how grown up is this team? I think we've seen quite a bit recently. Like their personality, their attitude is what you want to see for a program that's ready to take that next step. But can they do it? Can they do it against their ranked team, knowing that they got three more games left to get to bowl eligibility, right? You know, at Colorado, at ASU, they'll be favored in at least the last game, possibly the next one too, with a home game against Utah sandwich in between. Do they have the maturity to come out on homecoming, a night game that's on Fox Sports 1, so kind of national TV, I guess, and beating another good team after this hellacious stretch? You know, Washington, USC, Washington State, Oregon State, UCLA. Can they do it? I I, I have them losing 23-17, but it's not because I think they're going to play a bad game. Not because I don't think they're ready to win this game. Just I think they're kind of running into a team that is going to have a strength that's going to overwhelm Arizona in a way that just Arizona's not prepared for. That's all. I don't think it's a crazy take. Um, I worry about that defense. I worry about that front seven. I worry about that defensive line getting pressure on Noah Fafita, who I assume was going to be the starter. Jed Fish in his press conference is like asked about how Delora took not being the starter anymore. And Fish is kind of like, well, I never said that, you know, like I could see Delora playing in this game too. His scrambling yeah. ability, his legs might be useful in a game like this. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the way Arizona loses this game is you have a redshirt freshman quarterback that gets rattled by a really effective pass rush. It looks like right? a redshirt freshman quarterback, yeah. And that is a that is a very realistic possibility. Um, but also, from what we've seen of Noah Fafita so far, and with all the experience he's gotten, you know, you've you've liked what you've seen so far in terms of game management overall, especially uh, for a freshman. And knowing that you probably don't need to score 40 points to win this game does change your approach, too. Yeah, and the other thing is UCLA's offense is so questionable, and Arizona's defense has proven pretty successful, and if they can force some turnovers, you know, 
even uh, you know, Arizona getting drives that end in points at all might be sufficient to win this game. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, and the, the, the special teams has looked good. Uh, You know, Tyler loop was a a low key hero of the last couple of weeks with his, with his effective kicks, you know, setting a career high. Um, Oh, Arizona might be better in two of the three phases in this game in special teams and in offense. Like, they're probably better in those two. Just defense is the one that you don't have to be better and you can still win because if your defense is that good, you know, it stifles everything else. And maybe this isn't that good. Like, it's possible that their stats are somewhat inflated based on the fact that they played some pretty mediocre offenses. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I think you you mentioned what is going to be what decides this game. As it often is, uh, you know, the stat that matters the most is the turnover battle. And UCLA has been prone to not just turning the ball over, but turning the ball over that results in scores for the opposing defense. If that happens, if Arizona, you know, wins the turnover battle or scores off of a turnover, they're, they're winning probably the winning this game. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. You know, if if they if if Noah Fafita gets rattled and throws a couple of picks or gets fumbled on fumbles on a sack, um, and they lose the turnover battle, then Laura comes in and does the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's it's gonna be a honest to god good old fashioned football game between two decent programs, Adam. And yeah. I'm really and I'm really curious to see, you know, I have faith in the defensive game planning nowadays. I'm really and I generally have faith in the offensive game plan. I'm very curious to see what Arizona does to try to mitigate the chance of disaster against that good pass rush. You know, how do you find ways to get the ball out of the the quarterback's hand, whether it's Fafita or Delora? Make, I think they're going to be really risk averse. I think they're going to run the ball so, as much as possible. I think you're going to see some, you know, middle of the field screens, like where it's almost like it looks like a draw and then it becomes actually a center screen kind of thing or, or some tunnel screens to kind of offset the pass rush. Um, Which we saw a little bit last week, too. So, yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, coaching matters. <laughs> the game plan matters. So, did you give a score? I did not. I'm going to, I'm going to, you got a streak on the line here, right? I know. It's, you know, as we talked about earlier, I, I not only am getting the streak right, I got the score exactly right. So I got to try to do that again. I'm going to go with Arizona wins 24 to 20. I, I like your score better than mine. I yeah, do. as you should. But <laughs> I, this is one of the this is one of those games, though, where, you know, it's that you're you're it's maybe it's just the Arizona fan of me assuming that there's going to be a letdown and a disappointment. And maybe this is it. But also, there's no reason to believe that with this roster uh, from what we've seen this year. And they they only seem to be beating better. But that's always in the back of my mind. And it's college football, so weird things happen. Yeah, for sure. So that game, 7.30. Sorry, another late kickoff. We'll be there. So come say hi to your favorite Wildcat Radio 2.0 hosts. Because, you know, well, we're the only ones. Oh, Ronnie sometimes. Ronnie's miss, my favorite. I miss Ronnie. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> well of course Brett I, I keep teasing that we're going to do um, a basketball preview and it's probably going to be next week after the first game because football like Ryan mentioned we're still talking football in a very important way this late in the season that's a little bit new but Arizona men's basketball faces Oregon, Oregon State Morgan State on Monday the 6th to open their season non-conference of course Duke is Friday like next Friday a week from uh, this Friday and that'll be fun so we'll get our preview in next week we'll have to right yeah like we're gonna talk basketball, so we'll have some fun with that. Um, anyway, is, is that it? I think there's we don't have any time for news and notes. We've got a big show. We've got a really packed show today. 
Yeah, but we we did have a review, Adam. Well, I haven't got to that point yet. Oh I, gosh, wait! I'm, I'm ruining things. Oh man! Because if I say you know, leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll read that, like people are like, "What? You're on iTunes?" So Brett, there's an order to things. Okay. Thank <laughs> Embrace you, the Brett. chaos. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Of course, you can find us on the X Machine at Wildcat Radio AZ. If you're listening to us, you probably found us on Spotify or on iTunes. Subscribe to us on each of those platforms. And if you're on iTunes, give us a rating and a review. We will read that review on the air. Brett, do we have any new reviews this week? Let me check, Adam. It seems that we do. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea. This is crazy. What did this review say? All right. This is from... Leave a rating, too, I guess. Not just a review. They did. Uh, this is from Lost underscore and underscore late. Uh, with the heading Sharon and Entertaining... I'm not sure who Sharon is. Um, you're you're big on autocorrect. What would what would autocorrect to Sharon? I don't know. My autocorrects are bizarre. You know this as you receive. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I feel like you would understand. <laughs> uh, though we do get a five star review, so I'm going to assume it cool. was something positive. Uh, Great job, Sharon. It it reads: Adam and Brett provide a really sharp but entertaining analysis of the cats. Love True. their interesting segments like buy or sell and not sure who is smarter keeps me listening every episode. So I like most of this content, Adam, but I don't know if we've ever done a buy or sell uh, segment. Maybe we should. Perhaps. And also, you know, I wonder if that's a 12 pack radio guys. That's something like they would do like Brian Conger and, and them. Oh, I think, I think they might Brian and Rob. Yeah. We are kind of sisters to them as a, as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm going to take a positive review where we can get it. Yeah, absolutely, especially a five star one. We appreciate that comment too. Obviously, like we we almost don't have time for segments. It feels like because we try to have guests and you know those good conversations and everything. But obviously, when there's a need for segments, we'll be happy to do them. And I mean, which one is smarter? We know it's me. So that's not even a segment. That's just the reality of our show. Okay, so you're obviously <laughs> the most you're obviously the most humble as well. Absolutely, I am the most humble person. <laughs> I have I have an incredible amount of amazing qualities. I think my best one is my humility. <laughs> well, thank you for that review, anyway, and thank you for listening to Wildcat Radio 2.0, and I probably told Pack Radio as well. Like that's cool. Yeah. Too. And Adam, before you close it out, I do get a shout out. Uh, I met a listener at my basketball game. Ryan uh, saw my U of A shorts. We started chatting. He said my voice sounds familiar and uh, is a listener and asked for a shout out. So giving him one right now. Thanks for listening, man. Great job, Ryan. We appreciate you listening as well. And for not punching Brett in the face or telling him that you think our show is awful. So for all the Ryans and Sharons out there, (laughs) we got you. We appreciate you. But and if you're not Ryan or Sharon, we still appreciate you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk about Arizona athletics next week, including what happens with Arizona football against UCLA. Until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.